0: Uh, excuse me. <laughs> hey, that was a good one. Barney! How's it going? Eh? Yeah, it's going pretty
1: good. <laughs> nice, nice, nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know
0: it's a segue. It's a segue from <laughs> the show intro. Yeah, I guess so. So, so thank you very much. Uh, all right, that was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can segue any way I want. I can click and drag and paste and <laughs> all kinds of stuff.
1: What December? It's December Already? suddenly. Yeah, uh, I Pretty. swear it was just September. No, no, no.
0: We need a category, Charles. Months ending in November. Months ending in Vember. Listen carefully. There are 12 months in our calendar year. Only one ends in Vember. What is that month?
1: September. sorry, that is incorrect. November, November, of course, November! is the correct November! answer on that one. It's a tricky month to remember. November. November is Charles Bronson, no relation to the actor. November! Thank you for being on Steeplechase, so Charles. Properly. You've been a good sport. Say goodbye to Charles Bronson. It's Halfwits, Was that like right? Halfwits? I think it was Halfwits. It it's either... Mm. Oh, God, what was the other one they did? That is correct, Alex. Steeplechase. Steeplechase. I forgot about steeple Chase,
0: <laughs> and that's lasted in my mind and uh, is used quite, quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, relatively frequently. Every year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I was talking with, with my uh, students. Um, let's see. Well, it had to be in October. Wait, you uh, talk because... with your
1: students? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, wait, I'm going to start over. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, anyway, sometime in the, this past fall. It's been different for a few different classes when the idea of an octave came up, Mm -hmm. you know, they were talking about intervals in music and so forth, Mm -hmm. and they said uh, an octave, and so what do you think an octave is? I say, what oct? Uh, So I'm saying oct words, Mm -hmm. like, you know, October. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It has to do with eight, right? And they're like, Mm -hmm. and then finally some kid is like, um, but it's the 10th month. And so then I go into the history of why it's October.
1: Oh, is it Uh, a trick? It is, because
0: uh, uh, October used to be the eighth month, yeah. but then Julius Caesar and mm-hmm. Augustus Caesar inserted themselves for fame. Right. <laughs> and it uh, didn't change from September through December. It just added. Which is weird. was squeezed into the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so so I tell them about the history, like, hey, October is the eighth month, mm. right? <laughs> no? <laughs> mm. So we do a little history lesson. Nice. Why are we talking about that? Oh, no, Febtober. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, no, that's another one. <laughs> oh. That's um, uh, SNL's uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, Febtober. <laughs> uh, Feb-tober.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's so many clips that we could put mm. in but, uh, the but the Celebrity, Celebrity. But the SCTV one, <laughs> yeah,
0: SCTV one is, is adequate for our purposes. Yeah. But a uh, little girl just had her birthday on the tooth. She sure did. Um, December the tooth. She is four years Number old. four. Yeah, we just asked her this morning... Hey, what, how old are you? And she shouted out, "Four! <laughs> Yay!
1: Yeah, practically an adult so, now."
0: I know. She, I mean, she, she, knows, she has
1: her own tablet. She knows it's things. Yes, <laughs> and she'll tell you. She'll tell you what she knows. That's <laughs> true that you probably uh, don't know.
0: You talk about the the kids growing up with technology, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she can she can already navigate iPads and phones, and mm-hmm. you know, send a message. Uh, I want to send a message to mommy, so she can have a text and. And tap out about 5,000 emojis <laughs> uh, in a row. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Or she'll just do letters uh, or numbers. She, mm-hmm. she decides what she, she wants to do. Right.
1: Who was that on uh, Twitter who just peppered her messages with emojis all the time? I don't know. Harrison, who was that Doesn't on everybody? Twitter who did that? Who? Somebody, some uh, celebrity who was on Twitter, at least for a while, uh, kept getting noticed because she... She put tons of emojis into her messages. Nah, she totally <laughs> it was it was like mostly emoji. Oh, I don't remember who it more. is, yeah. but anyway. It's like Cher mm. or somebody similar. Miley Cyrus. No. Oh. No, no 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 no. Somebody I mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a gigantic Miley Cyrus fan. Oh really? Yeah. Mostly of her. Not right. personally. I don't... Mm-hmm. Oh I, because don't give F. That's part attitude. of it. Attitude. I I think mm-hmm. I think she's amazing. She, she is confident. She does the things she wants to do. She experiments. She, she, uh, reaches, stretches with her, with her music. Uh, and she's not just phoning it in like I think her dad did. <laughs> Sorry, Billy Ray Cyrus fans. But she, uh, yeah, she, I think she is. In control of her own career, lifestyle, and image, that she she just does what she wants, and at the same time, I think in a uh, not in a train wreck way, which is characteristic of a lot of people, I think, who do extreme things. I guess.
0: I mean, she in not a train wreck way. It was more of a wrecking ball,
1: right? See, <laughs> was a s- slow reaction on that one. Well, <laughs> I, was, I it was too obvious. I was in the middle of trying to think of a comeback night. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah, I admire her. I admire her fortitude and i uh, like
0: dgaf types didn't go nuts after being a child star um, correct in the same i mean it, some people might think she did sure but she's eccentric. It was more. yeah that's, that's true but it was more owning it owning her life right versus going going cuckoo or going um um spiraling down into i don't know drugs or sure you know hard hard living yeah. to suicide or something along those lines.
1: But a lot of those displays that have been criticized for being audacious or too sexual or, yeah. uh, I don't know, angry young woman things, the uh, she did them in a very carefully crafted public way. Yeah. Whereas a lot of things that make tabloids are done in Supposedly secret ways or furtive ways or out of the public eye, but there's some paparazzi there who yep. manages to capture a crazy moment, like mm-hmm. Britney Spears trying to break into her own car and shaving her head. <laughs> blah blah blah. Yeah, all these things are deliberate, spontaneous insanity of famous people. Yeah. As as Western Esther, Esther Hazy said, and please don't judge them too harshly. <laughs> I really got to go, okay? But remember, before I go, everything that I've told you is a secret. Just between you and me and the superstars involved. And please don't judge. They can't help themselves. They're celebrities. <laughs> Bye.
0: <sighs> oh. <laughs>
1: Certainly. <laughs> Did you do well, your mouth that way? <laughs> yeah. Have mouth uh, uh, it's stupid. bad this isn't a video show. But <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Mm-hmm. So so i do follow her is what i'm saying i i do i'm a big fan of of her but i i do enjoy her her music
0: i have residual um dilemma let's see how would i how would i put that i guess it's a just some sort sort of emotional um residual take on um well she was this goody goody disney girl Mm -hmm. For Hannah Montana, and now she's this wild child, right? And oh my goodness, you know, I'm I'm shocked at, at this uh, audacious display of, you know, right, uh, and so forth.
1: It, Our precious little girl, who is so yeah. sweet and demure, <laughs> right? Now she's and a wanton pers- harlot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. There's something in in me that, on the one hand, growing up in a relatively straight laced and certainly church going. Mm-hmm. Um, Lifestyle, uh, childhood, uh, community, and then being free to do whatever I want. uh, Mm. Think that all that stuff is fine, you know, but I still have to think. Oh, society doesn't think it's so fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, there you know, being a teacher, I have to always watch my uh, p's and q's and uh, be careful of uh, certainly what I say in front of the classroom, but also when I'm out in public because I live amongst these people. Mm -hmm. These people. I have to present one way, mm-hmm. even though you know personally in my personal life, I don't think that's a a
1: big deal. Mm-hmm. But you feel pressured by that normative outside presentation. What, what, what's the word for it? Image, maybe. I maybe? guess, but the, the perception that's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, There's, that's always there. And so I have
0: to like, well, you know, I I, I should be against this mm. <laughs> one, you know, behavior. But wait a second, why don't I don't care? Right. <laughs> you know, politically, same thing. You know, you can't. Certainly, uh, it's rare to let your guard down with with uh, anybody around here unless they do it first. Right. Because there's a whole lot of Trump signs around. Sure.
1: Um, well, I'm trying to be the crazy art teacher, so that would be exactly yeah. Right up my it, alley. It's yeah. Did I ever okay. tell you kids about the '60s? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> oh, those were the halcyon days <laughs> of di- uh,
1: cloth diapers and. <laughs> leaded gasoline (laughs) yeah because I was trying to describe the smell of an of the glorious smell of real gas to someone the other day I was like this unleaded stuff it's all right hey just uh I like the real stuff man
0: the hard stuff Mm mm-hmm anyway moving on (laughs) sometimes it's hard to to step out of that like like I don't want to get in trouble definitely (laughs) Hey, what are we doing for Christmas? Xmas. Well, Zoomus. I think it's inadvisable to travel. <laughs> Clearly, <Yeah. laughs> you, yes. you as we will
1: find out probably in another
0: week here yeah. with the uh, as the case numbers yes. will likely spike. Yeah, you
1: have a uh, you have an infant and an elderly resident, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's uh, highly inadvisable to to go there for Christmas. So I think uh, I will be working on at some point on Christmas Day. And I'm sure we close early, at the very least. Uh, so Zoom, yeah. Some kind of, some mm-hmm. kind of Zoomed connection would be, would be prudent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I'm going to move Heaven and Earth to get a certain painting down, shipped down to you mm. uh, for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be great. That would
0: be really, really great. Uh, if I can help out with that, I, mm-hmm. I am perfectly willing to do that. The other day, I was trying to change the voice. I was going to say, um, Hey Siri, can you change your voice? Mm-hmm. And it came back, it's the British guy. Uh, I'm sorry, I cannot <laughs> do that while you're driving. <laughs> I was
1: like, oh, Or while you're in the car. Right. Something like you that. You would have to, I, like, oh. I, I think you have to download the new phonemes. You do, you have to download new they, stuff when you change the voice. Really? I did. for the oh. I changed mine to Irish. <laughs> did I mention that? Yeah, oh, the, the Irish lady. Every no. once in a while, I'll hear that the... Tuh, for th mm-hmm. it's it's subtle but
0: mm. but
1: she doesn't often hit it hard i think mm-hmm. because we're americans
0: yeah they still have to <laughs> they can't make it too mm. too much of a right. brogue
1: <laughs> hey siri yeah all right why won't <laughs> <laughs> yeah Can i save your breath and curd your pies hey look, so what's a heck of two roof lights uh the silence house for furniture and the uh, Scott questions uh, Matt and shot by Cover. Yeah. Right. It's a total of a parcel to the party with the blue guys. Have I made myself clear, bud? Yeah, that's perfectly clear, Mickey, Yeah. Just give me one minute to confo with my colleague. Did you
0: understand a single word of what he just said? <laughs> it's Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what,
1: what was that movie? Uh, uh, Snatch. Snatch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were just watching somebody go over accents the other day and saying how oh, they—it was an Irish guy. He and oh. he was saying how he he thought Brad did a pretty good job, but eh, it was a little off, which I agree. Mm-hmm. But a a p- accent is really really distinctive. I I was I was impressed that he tried really. Yeah, with
0: his commitment to it. Yeah. Do you think he memorized? Yeah, like had a coach and just memorized the the bits.
1: Nah, I, I mean maybe, but it's that's hard to do. Accent wise, I think it, you, I don't know, you remember the words, but I don't think I've ever done it in the moment. I've never done it for the camera, right? Or for stage or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. trying to think of how I would, how it, how it comes out. I think it's just me remembering words, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> how do I re- remember dialogue? Yeah. I was thinking about that too.
0: The other day, um, remember maybe it was yesterday. It doesn't matter. If I was going to do an accent, you know, I was like, I, I'm not sure if I could just Rip one Mm. out uh, off the top of my head. I have to think about... And I can't even remember what accent it was. I have to think about pronouncing certain Mm. words before I started in on the accent. You know, because otherwise i get caught. Sure. um, In a... Oh, wait, I don't know how to say this particular Mm. one, you know, without thinking about it. So, yeah. I I don't... Yeah,
1: there are always errors that you go, ooh, that's not right.
0: Mm hmm
1: Yeah, I go over it every now and then in my head. Or I speak it. A lot of British variations. Yeah. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. But... uh, but now that I have a pretty good handle on all the the London and Midland stuff uh, and Scott basic Scott accent and the difference between Northern Ireland and rural Ireland, the, yeah. but there are there are several other variations in Ireland and in England. When you man just a uh, Welsh accent versus mm-hmm. Cornish or Midland, it's it's completely different. It's, mm-hmm. That one's really hard, but I will practice in a sense. Got to practice. You. practice your accents so that yeah. you can do them on your podcast.
0: Yeah, flip them from Australian, goes to mm. New Zealand, goes to South Africa. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, so South Africa was throwing me for a loop recently. I was, mm. I was starting to second guess myself about thinking people were Australian or New Zealanders. New Zealand and South Africa is sometime, it
0: sometimes um, um, confuses mm. me every once in a while. I was like, wait a second. Oh, no, no, of course,
1: that's... Yeah. Well, you just got to or think about Taika Waititi <laughs> <laughs> makes it a lot easier. Well, South Africa's got that Dutch in there, so they mm-hmm. they
0: got a few yeah, you know, a few things that Jimmy up the works. <sighs> what else we got? Well, you have got a music share, like do What's super cool, possibly the
1: greatest guitar solo of all time, or um, at least of some time. Okay, so this is the greatest guitar solo. I I, I don't want to put all time or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ever or rock or anything on it. I just want to say greatest guitar solo. So in the same way that Tenacious D is greatest band in the world, Mm -hmm. they're not best. They're not number one. They're not better (laughs) to say it like that is so over the top. It it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't offend because it's not specific enough. It's not the best guitarist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it lives on its own, and everybody knows. It. Mm-hmm. This is just my opinion, right? This is just some. This is just yeah. one dork's opinion, at least for <laughs> this week. But this is the greatest guitar sort solo. It, it, it yeah. is, and I, I am not a fan of most guitar solos, and as a concept, I, I think they're they're all too often pointless, wankery, self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. So I don't watch how fast I go my my punk roots go man that's pampered bullshit that's mm-hmm. that's just indulgence for indulgence sake just do the song yeah and so i i i want to metaphorically flip them the bird but i also really really admire technical prowess sure so i'll i'll give deference just for that mm-hmm. but the problem is so many guitar solos just feel like they're tacked on to the song. Like what's the point of this thing mm-hmm. even? So yeah. so if it doesn't enhance the song or move the song somewhere else or have a a different take, I don't know, on the attitude of the song, then mm-hmm. why is it even there? Like if if I took it out, would you would you miss it? Is the thing. Yeah. Would would the song miss I mean, it? I, is the song I, diminished? I've been really critical of jazz for lots
0: of pointless noodling mm. from the soloists. You know, on the one hand, the performers are having fun, you mm-hmm. know, themselves, uh, which is a lot of the point of, of jazz. Yeah. You know, not necessarily to, uh, to present to an audience, but to, uh, to experience the performing yourself mm. is, is a huge part of it. And improvisation, of course, is part of, part of that. But at the same time, you know, after about a eight minutes of Brantford Marsalis noodling on the soprano sax, mm-hmm. like you're ready to run screaming from the room. Yeah. You know, there's there's some people. To be fair, like, it's not oh, about. Yeah. it's
1: not necessarily Branford's problem. The soprano is a tricky, no, certainly not a tricky instrument. Oh well, n- n- no,
0: that's that that's beside the point. He could, you know, do you know, hum on a kazoo, mm-hmm. and it would still be just a whole hell of a lot
1: of noodling. Right, but it might not grate not on that... my ear the same way soprano sax does. It might be more okay with a kazoo kazoo noodling. Could, I, just, I really don't like soprano sax. I really, really <laughs> don't like it. Fair mm. enough. So, you
0: know, and it, it bled into my profession because with, you know, these sort of competitive jazz band circuit <laughs> from, you know, the school right. competitions for jazz, uh, and half of your score is solos, mm. how well your solo is right. do. You know, and you've got this, you know, 18-piece ensemble, and you're supposed to have these wicked-had solos. Mm. Going on, and I just didn't care for that.
1: Well, yeah, uh, um, but that that requires mm. you to have star players. You have mm-hmm. to get lucky. Sure.
0: Mm. Yeah. Once you've got a system of uh, multiple, you know, feeder bands and yeah. um, lesson-taking kids and all kinds of stuff like that, but even even within that, it's just not my focus. You know, I like the ensemble uh, right. versus in, individual playing. But um, I was never uh, big at improvising. Uh, myself, but even if I were, I was like, okay, that's for me. <laughs> I don't have to subject the audience to right. me rambling. Might as well go to a a poetry jam, open mic, <laughs> amateur poetry
1: right. jam. I definitely, I, I do put jazz in a different category, but I also think there are there are a lot of musicians who use it as a showcase, like shredder guitar players. Yeah. It's supposed to I, I hearken back I guess to the bebop dudes where mm-hmm. it started to get right. really fast and uh, elaborate but they still mm-hmm. they still had a focus on creating an, a melody creating a new um line within this within the overall song like you know Charlie Parker mm-hmm. and John Coltrane and who else Dizzy Gillespie Dizzy Gillespie to a lesser extent I don't know a lot about him TVH. i do uh he, but let's say vince Guaraldi, the charlie brown right. composer he mm-hmm. uh, he's he's excellent at improv and making it fit the song as a another verse mm-hmm. so i can't hum along to those things especially not guitar shredders yeah which is kind of the thing about pop songs if that makes sense it's not jazz right it's just taking an right. element of jazz and and sticking it into metal or whatever. Sure. And so all I, I mean I, improv's improv. Yeah. So I'm just waiting. A lot of times, it's like, hey, he's really good, but I, I'm still waiting for the chorus to come around again, maybe, if it's mm-hmm. a really good song. And then I, all I can do is just worship your mad skills. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> it, it, the novelty wore off pretty fast, so I, I just yeah. rather if you, I just rather watch you jam out some riffs from the Nam Show on YouTube. than than sit in a concert and wait for your guitar solo to end agreed but uh so i generally scoff at them so therefore (laughs) well so what do i think makes a good solo then right Mm -hmm. it fits the song well so if you took it out would you miss it so is the song diminished by not having so solo there that's a good solo uh it's unexpected so they make Mm -hmm. i think they make unusual choices maybe uh like it's them but Maybe not. It's it's not the same thing they always do. It's not the same riff bag that they pull from. They craft a, hmm. a new thing that you haven't heard before. Maybe. Are you, are you talking about in a live performance or multiple live performances? No, or? I'm talking about just generally when you when they put a solo on a song on our, on an album. Hmm. So uh, Alex Lifeson is very very good at this. He's my favorite in in big part be, because of his ability to do this brilliantly. There are events and themselves a lot of times solo for. Uh, Spirit Radio for Tom Sawyer for Limelight, particularly mm-hmm. these are all these are all iconic things. And he's not considered the the greatest, most influential guitar player. He's certainly not right. the most technically adept, but he has a he has a fantastic ear for how things work within the song. That is what he does in the band. He moves between these two virtuosos and and fills in the the space with color. So, it fits the song, it's uh, unexpected, and it takes me on an emotional journey, not just a technical one. That's what I think makes a good guitar solo. All right. Now, after all that, after 10 minutes of that, uh, my music chair is the greatest guitar solo, which is Gary Moore's from Shapes of Things to Come.
0: Eighty-three? Is it
1: eighty-three? maybe. Some, somewhere yeah. around there. Wow. So a, a, Gary Moore is a blues guitar. Was a blues guitar player from Ireland originally, and was oh. in Thin Lizzy with uh, Phil Lynott, celebrated singer and songwriter. Not, not so much bass player, but he did do that. Gary Moore is one, just one of my favorite blues type players. So those mm-hmm. um, their influences are blues players, and they carry that. Spirit and tradition into their style. Lots of uh, crying and sighing. It's all about the bends, baby. <laughs> yeah. And he has a he has a really tasty vibrato. So it's a nice slow thing. I really I really dig that. Most of my players. Alex Lifeson is is an exception to that. But but mm. man, lots of I, I just was thinking about it. Lots of my favorite players have a, a big fat wide vibrato, slow vibrato. Hmm. to the thing. I don't know why I like it, but I but I do. So yep. Ty Tabor of King's X, very favorite. <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughn. Joe Walsh. All those dudes. I'll put little clips of their things Hmm. in there. All those those dudes do that thing. So that sounds good to my ear. Uh, He always makes sure he hits the note. That he's trying to get to, trying to bend to, no matter no matter yeah, how a... <laughs> crazy far it is from where he started. Like he jams that string all the way mm-hmm. across and it's like, Be-re-re-re! if there's a pitch to hit, he hits it. And yep. it doesn't matter how he gets there, either the string breaks or he hits it. <laughs> nope. Take three. Yes. <laughs> And and that has mm-hmm. happened. That happens to Stevie happened. Man, I gotta get my gotta get my timelines right. Time travel is no joke, folks. Stevie Ray Vaughan would sometimes break a string on stage and keep trying to do the same thing. <laughs> my, uh, I had a friend who was a fellow dishwasher, my first job, who had seen him in He seen him in concert, and he broke a, he broke one of the strings on you know a really rough bend part like Uh a rough singing part, just the same note. And the guitar tech ran up with a spare guitar and was trying to strap it on. And he grabbed it and kept playing that same note while the guy was trying to strap on this new guitar. (laughs) He just had to keep it, keep it going. Mm, He was in the moment. He was. was, was That's yeah, that's great. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> I lost myself there, in admiration. Uh, so he can play. Uh, he he can play really fast. He's known for his Gary Moore can play really fast. He's known for his speed, but yeah. he also has a really soulful side. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, he was, I guess, like Alex Lifeson too, right? Not really in the popular imagination, but super influential to other guitar players.
0: Right, right. Now speaking of the two of them, uh, Gary Moore opened for Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. For, I don't know, how many tours? A just while. Just one. I oh, think. it was just
1: one? I think so. All right. They liked him. But a it wasn't...
0: Because I was reading through the comments on... What's the... What is the song? It's
1: oh, Shapes yeah, of, Th- let's Shapes do of song. Things to Come. the Shapes of Things by the Yardbirds. And for whatever reason, they just... He just called it Shapes of Things to Come. hmm Which is the line. But I think it's just Shapes of Things by the Yardbirds. Uh, all right. Which is... Originally, now here's the thing about that, the the original is a uh, is swung, mm, mm. which um, for audience who doesn't who don't know what swing is, it's a it's a ba da ba da ba da ba da, yeah, rhythm, Shuffle, r- shuffle, shuffle, than shuffle, a yeah shuffle shuffle exactly shuffle, whereas a you know a straight four four is how Gary Moore plays a song. Mm-hmm. That's a cool shift to me. And I went and looked at as many cover versions as I could find or looked, listened to as many cover versions as I could find of this song. And I think he was the first to have a prominent version of the song that was just a straight 4-4-Time. Most people do it the way the Yardbirds did it. Mm -hmm. So, that catcher caught my ear. And then, man, I just, everything about it works together in context with the song. It's perfectly placed it moves along in different sections. It's what did I say? It's two and a half minutes long. Yeah. So, I mean, the song is only three or four minutes long, right? Yeah. It is four minutes, 15 seconds long. Mm -hmm. So over half the song is the solo. Exactly. Yeah. So it has to be good. Otherwise it's just a, it's just a noodley exercise. Mm -hmm. And And I I was telling you, I hadn't heard that
0: song in forever. Mm. You know, since the since the '80s, right? Uh, you know, certainly, maybe not since you know it was just getting its airplay. You know, when it when it was uh, in its first year, and then I don't know if I ever heard it again. But man, that took me right back into mm. it. I
1: was like, I know this, right. I know this solo. I think you might know it because I played it so much trying to learn it. Yeah, I got. I I got, I got through the first section pretty well. Mm-hmm. I learned most of that. Like, but, yeah, because like I, I, you saying that makes a
0: lot of sense because I know the solo better than the song.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, I played that a lot. <laughs> I played it played it out loud. Yeah, okay. the, the the thing. I tried to play along with it. Is, is yeah. what I should have said. Uh, a lot for a couple of weeks, probably. <laughs> uh, and I listened to it a bunch just because I liked it because I enjoyed it. <laughs> but it's in, the is in three sections and uh, it's got that first part and then there's a, it's an almost an answering solo as if there was a second guitar player taking another, mm-hmm. taking a, a lead like uh, Eagles Hotel California style. Joe yeah. Walsh and Don Felder are trading uh, lines. Yeah, about as iconic as you can get there. Yeah, but uh, then it gets crazy fast in the second section and just keeps mm-hmm. building up and up and up. And then just as the volcano erupts, it all he brings it all back down with this long slow bluesy section and i was looking at instructional videos on youtube and everybody stops at the end of that second shreddy section nobody tells you how to play this uh, the third section where it's a it's a slide guitar part and it it both relieves the tension and excitement of that middle part and then builds back up into a final explosion it's yeah. brilliant it's so good it's very good I have tons more to say about it because the, mm. uh, man, I, as I said to you, <laughs> I just banged out 700 words about this, <laughs> this solo alone and how it fits into the song.
0: Yeah.
1: Here on. on. It's just called two brothers. There we go. Uh, and it's time to go. So
0: <laughs> wrap it up. All right, sir. So I don't
1: think the, I have anything else.
0: Well, you were going to, you were going to talk about your, uh, your first and only Gary Moore concert experience.
1: Oh man. Right. Got to share that. Rap. as of. <laughs> All right. So this was me and my friend Hans going mm-hmm. to see Rush. Really, okay. Gary Moore was the opener. We didn't. I, I knew a couple of things, but I didn't. I wasn't really a fan. Yeah, he was fine. I wasn't. I wasn't an anti fan, but <laughs> I didn't go there for him. So, of course, when we we got there a little late, surprise, and. <laughs> And they, uh, we made our way in, and uh, Gary Moore was already playing, and when we got to our seats, there were two dudes already sitting there.
0: Ah. And,
1: uh, okay. Now the story has started to seem familiar. Mm, so I said, hey, um, somebody's sitting here. I don't know why I thought that was a way to phrase it, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one of the dudes said, yeah, me and him. <laughs> I was like, uh, damn it, here we go. So... So Hans is like, uh, wow, should we call security? And I was like, well, I don't know. What's that going to do? They're going to wait for us outside after the show. We'll like kick our asses. <laughs> these are they're big dudes. And they, mm. so the, I don't know, the row in front of them, I think was empty. So we just stood there for a bit. And then, uh, these idiots, these jerks behind were just all about how awesome Gary Moore was, man. And every song that came on, they were like, yeah, (laughs) just super duper into it. And, um, yeah, we never did get them out of their seats until the break. And then Rush was about to come on and those dudes took off. (laughs) It's like they just came, like they just came for Gary Moore. They didn't give a shit where they sat. Just as good as any. (laughs) Screw you, buddy. And they were there only for Gary Moore, not for the headliner. They were not. Uh, Either that or they moved somewhere else. Who
0: knows? Mm.
1: Huh? Mm. The Tale of Two Assholes. Yes.
0: Mm.
1: Well, if you'd like to send us your... Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> your tale.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you'd like to send us your tale, you can send it to bros at...
1: It's just called two brothers. Send your com. tales of concert woes and tramps. Yes. If you if you use Twitter, you can briefly send them to at ajc 2 b and we'll be trimming. Around. We'll be trimming many a minute <laughs> from this forty-six-minute extravaganza. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. Especially if I, that I do that. if I manage to get a bonus, you know, yak fest going. <laughs> All the more. Yeah, then you
0: can you, you, you can decide how much you want to leave in of your
1: me your thinks, um, me monologue. Ye waxeth rhapsodic. <laughs> yeah. I always remember the Harlan Ellison line that I read in one essay or another. Uh what did he say he thinks methinks methinks you waxeth raspy. That's what he said. <laughs>